I'm all about staying positive on this show, but if we're really going to keep it real, every once in a while, we all get into a funk. And being in a funk and having days in a row of not feeling the greatest doesn't have to be the end of the world, but you do have to figure out a way out. Hi, welcome to another conversation here on Business Mindset Mastery. I'm Heather Gray. I'm a mindset and leadership coach. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can always find out about me over at choosetohaveitall.com. And today we're talking about what do we do when we get in a funk? And how we describe funk can be anything from clinical depression and anxiety to days in a row um, experiencing a lack of motivation, a period in our lives or our businesses where we're feeling kind of numbed out, or sometimes when we're burned out from it all. But whatever, you know, is going on or however you define it, (laughs) funk becomes that big gray umbrella that can sometimes overtake our days. It can be hard sometimes, especially I think for people in the personal development space to give themselves permission to have a couple of bad days in a row, to have a bad week, to have a bad month, to, you know, the other day I was talking to you about sitting in the rumble, to sit in that quiet time that feels so, so just so disorienting in a way because you don't feel like you know what you want anymore or you still want it, but you don't know if you have the gas in the tank left to 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 do that last leg of the journey, you know, funks have this way of feeling so personal to us, so specific to whatever is stressing us out, whatever's weighing us down, whatever's getting in our way of seeing things in a more positive light. But, you know, here's the thing about being positive. And this is true if you're a personal development guru, follower, (laughs) or not is that being positive isn't about never having a bad day, isn't about never having a bad week. It's just about knowing that it's going to get better from here. Like it may, we don't know when, we don't always know how, but being positive means I know this hard time isn't going to last. I know that what is right now won't always be, and I'm going to see myself on the other side of this. So a lot of times when I talk to people who are like, God, I've just been in this funk. I've just, you know, been having such a crummy month or it's been a bad couple of months. Um, Somebody said to me the other day, like, will Q4 ever end? I just need it to be January because I'm so done with this year. Um, And it was just this reflection on like a really bad year. You know, these periods of time can last and it's okay. Um, And I think the biggest thing that gets in the way of people getting out of their funk and out of their bad is they're too busy beating themselves up for getting into that spot in the first place. They feel like if they had sort of taken care of themselves, if they had paid attention better, if they had spent some more time on personal development and growth, maybe this wouldn't have happened. Or if they didn't waste so much time doing X, Y, and Z, maybe they'd be able to A, B, and C by now. And it's this idea 
that like the first step for getting out of a funk really oftentimes is giving yourself permission to be in one, to recognize that we do all run out of gas from time to time. We do lose our way. You know, we get tired of fighting. I I shared with you in a conversation last month about self-sabotage that sometimes it's, you know, the grind and the push to always be good, to always choose the right option, to always be like the healthiest one, that like it can just be exhausting. You know, for me, I I shared with you on the show last month how being the good girl and doing the right thing just exhausted the crap out of me, that I just wanted a break from it all. We have to give ourselves that kind of permission to be pissed off, to be grumpy, to feel like it isn't fair, to ask ourselves why us, you know, to to have our temper tantrums, to kick and scream, to say, I'm trying my best and my best isn't working and it's hurting me and it's, you know, it's killing my soul a little bit. We have to be in those moments in order, first of all, to appreciate the joy, to be able to have honest to goodness gratitude. You have to know what it's like when you don't have the things that you need and want at the moments you need and want them. It gets in the way of getting over it if we don't give ourselves permission to be human, because we have to rumble with it. Once we're in the funk, you know, I talked to you the other day about sticking with the rumble, but once you notice you're in a funk, once you kind of recognize that you've checked out from a relationship or you're kind of tuned out from your business, you took your foot off the gas pedal, the first thing you have to do is, you know, once you give yourself permission to have that bad mood, to have gotten caught up and stuck, is you have to be curious. It's so easy to kind of blame yourself to say, oh, you didn't do this. I should have done that. I didn't be, you know, I didn't try this. I could have done that. But more importantly, you got to rumble with it. How did I get here? What's going on? When did I first notice this? If I'm really honest, when do I think it began? Because so often if we say, oh, I've kind of been in this funk for two weeks or so, if we get really honest about when we think it began, it often begins at least two weeks, sometimes a month before we even, you know, have it in our awareness that it's even on our radar that we haven't been doing particularly good. And then you have to look at, well, what are the feelings I'm having? What am I reacting to? What are the thoughts I'm having? What are the stories I'm creating from whatever's in front of me? So often, I can't tell you how many times I get somebody, you know, lighting my message box up or filling my inbox up with saying like, God, I've like, you know, I'm just having such a bad day. Like, how do I get out of it? Or, wow, I've been in such a bad mood for like three days in a row. How do you shake off a bad mood? Well, so much of it is you can't just shake it off. Like, it's it's convenient for a Taylor Swift song and it makes for killer dance parties in pajamas with my nephew when I used to have sleepovers with him. He, you know, we could shake it off in our PJs till the cows came home. But like, it doesn't work when it comes to getting in the rumble and figuring our stuff out. We have to be curious. What have we been thinking? What have we been feeling? What is missing from our lives? You know, I use the phrase a lot on the show that I stole from Elizabeth Gilbert 
Gilbert's essay, Not This. So often people get into a funk because they're saying not this and they don't know what they want instead. They don't know what would make them happier. They don't know what would ease the burden or relax the stress from the situation. They just know that where they are right now isn't working. You have to be curious about that and open to finding out the answer. So often, I think one of the reasons why funks kind of last like they do and kind of like, you know, settle into this general malaise, if you will, is because we're so afraid of the answer. Like, what if this means I'm not happy? What if this means I can't do this anymore? What if this means that there's some change on the horizon? And, you know, one of the things that comes to mind as I talk to you today is back in 2015, I've shared this this before, but my husband was sick for an extended amount of time and he had this infection that we hadn't known went all the way to his bone. So we were trying to, you know, we were trying to kill this thing that was in him, but it was already ingrained into his bone. So, you know, it wasn't going to get better until we removed it from the bone. But we didn't figure that out until like, I think it must have been six and a half months into the journey. So then he had a final surgery and removed it from the bone and was in rehab for you know, eight weeks out of the house or whatever. And we finally got it all under control and he got better. And, you know, when I look back on that year, I can tell you that it was one of the hardest years of my life. In some ways, it was harder than the year he first got hurt. Um, but I I was like a ball buster for eight months. I built my business from the waiting room of the ICU one time. And like, I felt so confident and so just like, I can do this. I've got this. And then just like, you know, and this is very familiar to me, but just like when my car got wrecked a million years ago, it was like when I had first learned how to drive and I had this awful car accident. My car, like I was on my way to Vermont in a snowstorm and I rolled over and my car ended up upside down and I handled that like a rock star. I, everybody who pulled over to help was able to tell me, like I was able to direct them. I told them my suitcase was in the car. My keys were connected to my wallet. My this was that. As soon as somebody told me I was going to be fine in that car accident, I fell the hell apart in a weeping, sobbing mess. The same kind of thing happened to me at the end of 2015. When he was finally well, he was finally better. It was like I could finally like, you know, the adrenaline could seep from my body. I could realize how tired I was. And like there was this level of anger and agitation um, that I remember bringing in with me to the holidays because it was like, great, you just got better and now I have to freaking do Christmas. <laughs> I was like the biggest Grinch on the planet. I didn't want to buy presents. I didn't want to be grateful. I didn't want, I didn't want because I had spent the whole year in hard. And then like, you know, I remember the beginning of 2016 and, you know, there were a lot of exciting things going on because I was just starting the business. But I could also tell that there was a part of me that was faking it a little bit that wasn't really connected to what was going on because my motivation was not quite there and my spirit wasn't quite there. And when I poked around, I didn't like what I was starting to find and I kind of pretended it wasn't there and I could just ignore it and it would go away. But below that 
thought when I really did kind of go, all right, I got to rumble with this. I got to figure this out or it's going to figure me out. What I really got to was, I don't know how many more extended illnesses I have in me. I already have given up at this point two years of my life to my husband's injury and his recovery, first in 2005 when he got hurt, and then again in 2015 when he was sick for a majority of the year, you know, and I barely hit 40 years old. So like, you know, we're not even at the beginning when bodies break down and get old and get sick and have trials and tribulations. And I just shared with you after Thanksgiving how my husband's family had two heart attacks in the family, you know, like, and I remember thinking to myself at the beginning of 2016, like, oh my God, like, what if I can't do this? What if I don't have another go around in me? And that kind of question, my friends, scares the crap out of me. And those are the kinds of questions that people avoid asking themselves because they're so terrified of the answer. They're so like, oh my God, if I just, if I lift up this problem, what am I going to find? Is it going to reveal to me that I'm super unhappy in my marriage? Is it going to reveal to me that I've built a business that I kind of actually really want to burn down? Is it going to highlight like a pile of mistakes? mistakes or am I going to have to look in the mirror and see all the ways I haven't taken care of myself or am I going to have to look in my relationships and realize that they haven't taken care of me in a really freaking long time? Those types of questions are so scary, but people stay in funks because they never figure out what the pee is under the mattress that's causing all of the unrest in the first place. If you want to get out of the funk, you gotta get into the rumble because I gotta tell you, it was scary and it was a sobby, weepy, disorganized mess when I was like, I don't know if I could do this again. Like, holy hell, this is hard. But I needed to be able to ask that question so that I could then look at the evidence and be like, what the hell am I talking about? Like I did the second time so much better than I did the first time. Look at all the examples of like help that I asked for. Look at all of the offers for help that this time I accepted. Look at all of the relationships that have improved in my life as a result of this happening. Look at everything I'm capable of figuring out. Like I built a business in a waiting room of an ICU. Like I had a coaching session for my business. I just, I'm just now remembering this as I talk to you. I was supposed to have this private room in the hospital so I could meet with my coach or something. And at the last minute, they moved me out. And um, there was like a huge cancellation fee if I needed to cancel the appointment. So I held the coaching session in the hallway of the hospital. So anybody walking by could hear me talk about not wanting to be a therapist anymore and not really knowing what I could do instead because I had spent my whole life doing this one solitary thing. I you know, when I was brave enough to go, like, why am I so pissed off all the time? Why am I so resentful? What is actually up with me? I didn't like the answer. I didn't like the fact that I found out like, oh, maybe I'm time limited here. Maybe like I am a caregiver, but I only have so much caregiving in my stash. Like that wasn't pleasant. It wasn't at all fun, but it was necessary. I had to do that work. I had to, you know, ask that hard question so 
that I could look at the evidence and be like, what the heck am I talking about? I've totally got this. And that there's a major, major difference between not ever wanting to do it again and not ever being capable of doing it again. And what that funk for me was, once I got in the rumble, was just a holy hell, I hope I don't have to do this again for another 10 years. It was a recognition that I did it, but it was hard and it took its toll on me. And I didn't come first in that, you know, marriage or relationship for a very long time that year until I was able to look at the ways that like I did kind of come first. I was able to close my business. I was able to start my online business. I was able to have my fresh start, but I never, I never would have gotten there. I never would have been able to tune into gratitude if I wasn't first willing to give myself permission to have the uncomfortable, unattractive feelings. Like who wants to be the person who admits that taking care of her spinal cord injured husband is kind of exhausting and miserable? (laughs) Like who says that? Like you're not supposed to as a caregiver ever say that, which is why caregivers P.S. end up with such high percentages of burnout and depression and anxiety and isolation as a result because so much of the feeling and the experience around caretaking is wholly undesirable and unsavory and not what people talk about. So I had to get in that rumble and figure that out to give myself permission to be incredibly human and incredibly honest with myself so that I could get to the other side of it. And that is the challenge for anybody sitting in the funk right now is to give yourself permission to feel what you feel, to validate your experience, no matter how irrational it is, and then give yourself permission to rumble with it, to figure it out, to get curious, to see what feelings come up. Because then once you go like, oh God, I have been living on jealousy for three months or wow, I've been really angry I've been incredibly unconsolable. I've been depressed. I have not had a night without worrying God knows how long. Like you can fill the blank in of your own emotional experience. But then it once it's attainable and accessible and understandable to you, then you get to ask yourself the magic question. When I'm sad, when I am frustrated, when I am constantly agitated, when I'm pissed off, when I am feeling appropriate emotion here, like what makes me feel better? What do I need? What gets me out of this? Or what do I need to say? Or what do I need to do next? We get to start to make a plan that gets us out of it, that moves us from where we are to where we want to be. But we can't make a plan when we're not really iron tight on what's going wrong with us in the first place. So then you can say, when I feel sad, what makes me feel better? When I'm exceptionally anxious, what kind of things calm me down? When I'm feeling over worked, what gives me focus? When I'm feeling a lack of motivation, what ignites passion? What am I willing to do to not feel this way anymore? Then you start to plan. Then you can start taking the steps. And then my friends, you emerge from the funk.
And then you make darn sure, and I had to do this too, I swallowed this medicine myself and I had to take a couple of doses, but you make darn sure that you schedule a check-in with yourself periodically. How am I doing now that I've resolved it? Is there anything else bothering me? Is there anything else on my mind? Is there anything I'm not paying attention to? Am I satisfied on all eight cylinders kind of thing? Because most of the time we end up in a funk because we don't take the time to ask that question on the regular so then things just pile up and we get stressed and we get overwhelmed and we get intimidated and we get scared about uncovering things that are incredibly inconvenient this is a time for a lot of people the holidays is often a time when there's like more funk than normal um not only because it's more stress and people are looking at their wallets and they're you know the logistics are piling up and the errands and the online shopping and the wrapping and the shipping and the sending and all of that is piling up but it's you know it's also a time when you know people they don't want to talk about their problems because they have to go to have holidays <laughs> with the people who cause their problems or they don't want to be adding stress to, you know, problematic relationships because who has a fight at Christmas or who has the hard conversation, you know, during the holidays. So at this time, this is a time when people kind of get in this awful habit of biting their tongue or sort of riding it out and hoping things don't get any worse and that they tell themselves a story they'll just deal with it in January so often the not dealing the not having the hard talk the not having the hard conversation that's often what triggers the funk and so part of this is recognizing for yourself that you know life doesn't stop for the holidays obviously it only starts to steamroll forward but the things that we care about the things that matter to us the things that are going to bring us peace and resolution they don't stop either. And if we procrastinate and we put them off until the new year when it's more convenient timing, when we can tell ourselves a story, people will find it less upsetting or it'll ruffle fewer feathers. All we're doing is putting ourselves further down the list, but then we're really setting ourselves up to fail. And so if we want to get out of the funk, if we want to get back to being on track and living our best lives and running our best businesses, what we really, really need to be doing is making sure we're checking in with ourselves regularly. We're tuning into the parts that make us uncomfortable. We're getting in the rumble, getting curious, and then we make the plan for finding our way out. It's not an easy process. It's intimidating. I think that's why the funk extends for so many people because this is hard work and it's hard to do hard work when you're, you know, sick and tired of feeling sick and tired or you're struggling with motivation, but it really is the answer to new days new beginnings and fresh starts. Thank you so much for sitting with me today through this conversation. I hope it's given you some actionable takeaways to think about and reflect on. Um, and this episode comes to you fresh from a Facebook group because I was pimping myself out asking for podcast questions because I'm sitting in front of an empty inbox. So as you listen to this show, if you have any questions you would like me to talk about in a future episode, please do send them my way over at heather at choose to have it all dot com. I look forward to hearing what you have to say and helping you out. And thank you again for today. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.